Well, I have a video ready for you, but I think it's better for me to speak first, and then you see the video, because if I do otherwise, you won't pay attention to me anymore. <laughs> and um, let me start by saying thank you. We are super encouraged by your prayers and your interest on the advancement of the gospel. It's really neat for us that you're praying for the work of the Lord uh, in other countries like Spain. And we know that you're doing it because we get your cards, and it's really special for us when that happens. Um, let me start a little back in history. In 1557, several monks had to flee from a monastery nearby Seville, southern Spain. The Spanish Inquisition was looking for them in order to kill them. You may wonder why. Well, the answer is simple. They had been converted to Christ, and that was a problem for the Catholic Church. One of them traveled to Geneva to meet John Calvin. His name was Casiodoro de Reina. Before leaving Spain, he had started a translation of the Bible into Spanish from the original languages. Finally, and after more than 13 years of hard work, he finished, and they published 2,600 copies in 1569. Most of them were destroyed, were burned by the Inquisition. But some survived, and I can tell you, I, hold, I held one of those once, and it was very exciting. But none of them got into Spain by that time. So for more than 300 years, reading the Bible in Spanish was totally forbidden. And you know what happens when the word is absent, right? Very sad. It wouldn't be until the 19th century when uh, some missionaries were sent to Spain from the British Empire. With the so-called birth of modern missions, some of them decided to go to Spain. And our home church in Marin was planted by two of these men. They were disciples of Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon wanted them to stay in England, but they decided to go to Spain. And he was fine with it. They kept sending uh, letters to each other for years until he passed away. And they decided to go to the darkest place in the spiritual sense. And they arrived to my hometown in 1882. During the 20th century, uh, Spain experienced a civil war first. And then a 40 years long dictatorship. Dictatorship? Dictatorship. I don't like that word, and I don't know how to say it, but you understand what I mean. So evangelical churches were mostly illegal until 1975. Nowadays, the Catholic Church is not that influential anymore. Secularism is the trend now. But biblical Christianity is still a tiny minority. Protestants are not more than 1% of the population, and that includes all kinds of denominations. Last week, I met a university professor. He was a 
biologist is doing research on uh, artificial intelligence. And after talking about the gospel for a while, he said, and you really are a pastor from Spain? I don't believe you. So we're still considered rare specimen. There is a big need for biblical churches. Churches that believe in the sufficiency of scriptures. Churches where the gospel is proclaimed with confidence and boldness. Churches that affirm the sovereignty of God and trust the sovereignty of God. Churches that hold a biblical view of marriage, a biblical view of family, a biblical view of leadership. Churches focusing on doing the work of the ministry instead of joining any social or political cause. That is why we're training men from Berea Seminary based in León. And that is why we're planting new churches in different parts of the country. I was born in a Christian home. In fact, my dad himself is a pastor, so I'm still a rare specimen in that area too. When I was a kid, I, I would love to go to church. It was cool because my friends were there. We were part of a big church, which is not common. And I enjoyed music, so I liked singing. And I, I wanted to be like my dad until I got to high school. I changed my mind. And I was totally blind for my sin and by my sin. So it wasn't until I got to college that the Lord proved me wrong. And he showed me all my sinful condition. I, I fell down on my knees and I confessed my sins before him. And I saw a glorious Christ because the Lord is gracious. And he worked through his spirit on my life. And he brought life to my death condition. And since then, I just wanted to talk about Christ. So I went into a... Um, Bible Institute, led by David Robles. Most of you may know him. And I became very close to him. So after some years studying in that program, he said, look, I see you have this thirst for the word. It would be good for you to think about going farther and getting trained. So I started praying. And by then, I was already dating Olga, my wife. As Lauren said this morning, we met when we were 13, but it wouldn't be until several years later when we became friends. In fact, we didn't want to see each other close, but the Lord knows better. And I talked to her about this possibility of getting training in a different area. We didn't know much about the master's seminary by then. Though my dad was a pastor and he had been coming to Shepherds every day since the year 2000. So when I talked to him and I talked to David Robles, the, the, the question was when, not where. I see Miss Busenitz here. Her husband played a very important role for me and for us to come here. He was so nice from the very beginning. He's still nice, I know. And in 2011, after three, I mean, three weeks later after our wedding, we moved here. We didn't know anything about marriage. 
we didn't know anything about anything. But the Lord was gracious enough to bring us to this place. And we grew so much. Now we are amazed about how gracious people here was, were with us and towards us. Because we didn't know anything, I can tell. And we had our first two daughters here in America. And a month after the last one was born, we went back into Spain. So um, we went back to our home church. And it was good. I mean, we were excited about working and serving the Lord. Um, it is placed on the Atlantic coast near to a little town called Finisterre. A Latin term that means the ends of the earth. The ancient Romans saw a huge ocean and they thought that was it. It is a beautiful region and we are thankful for what we have learned during this past few years there. The church is about 300 members, which is a mega church in our country. People really appreciate us and we had our routines, our family lived close. Uh, but after six years serving there, uh, my wife and I had a, a big burden. Where could we be more effective for the advancement of the gospel? So we got some invitations during that time to join other ministries and churches. But last summer we moved to Madrid in order to plant a church. We were praying about it since 2014, but we never thought we would go there. My wife is from Madrid. I did my college years there in Madrid. And one summer while we were here, the, 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 the summer before we went back to Spain, we visited the city and we saw what we saw. It was horrible. We wouldn't know where to send somebody who wanted to attend church. We were part of a little congregation and, and they got very mad against us because we got into the doctrines of grace they would hate everything that comes from here, but not only from here, but from the Word. So they despite us, and not only us, but other people that you may know, like Daniel Corral. He was planning to go back to Madrid and plant a church. So we were like, wow, the Lord has answered our prayer. Danny and Aida are going back to Madrid, so they're going to plant a church, so we will send people there. But you know what happened. Aida passed away. She's with the Lord. I think it's in three days that it'll be two years since that happened. And by then, Danny, who has been very close to us, um, he said, even before everything happened, why don't you join us? Why don't we do this together? And we were praying about it. What we said, look, Spain is in a big need, so we're not going to go together everywhere. Just you can start and let's see what the Lord has for us. But it never happened. So we thought that that door was closed. But one day, Danny said, look, I think you should keep praying about it. And other people came and said the same thing. Why don't you pray about it? It doesn't matter if I don't go, he said. Other people said, it doesn't matter if he doesn't go. The Lord has another plans for them, and maybe these are your plan now. This is your plan now. So we did. And after several months... We shared this with our elders and with other people uh, close to us. And they saw that it was an open door for us as well. 
So after a year meeting using Zoom or Zoom, uh, because we couldn't visit those people there, uh, we moved. And last October, four families held our first Sunday service at a dance school, which is funny because I'm very clumsy. <laughs> I never tried to dance, not even once. We were planning, though, continue to use that place in order to gather, but it was too small as the group started growing. We didn't invite anybody, but people came. Once there was a missionary who was visiting and said, somebody told me that you're not evangelizing the city. And I was like, what? We're here, we open the door, we preach the word, and people are coming. What else do you want us to do? Of course, we do evangelism in a personal way, but we're not like playing any instrument at the street or we don't have smoke machines or lights. We're not that fancy. We just open the word and preach. So the group started growing. And like three weeks ago, we started meeting in a different place. There are like between 50 and 60 people coming every Sunday, which is crazy. Normally, churches in Spain, conservative churches, of course, are about 40 people. And we are up on 50 or 60 sometimes. And now that we are in a bigger space, we will be able to invite family and friends. And that's what we're doing. Every time I explain someone why we're there, I have a chance to share about the gospel. What are you doing here? I'm preaching the gospel. Do you want to hear about it? Why are you here? Well, this is what I do. Same thing for my wife. We are part of a new school for the kids. And the moms are inviting her to share the gospel to their houses. They invite our kids just as an excuse to have time with my wife. This never happened to us, ever. And, well, we're taking advantage of that. So every week, new people are coming. That's amazing. The Lord knows better. My mother-in-law passed away last May. We loved her. She loved the Lord. She was very committed to the Lord's work of evangelism. He would support many missionaries through the years. But she was living in a big house, and we weren't able to handle it because there were other issues around. Well, she passed away, and now we live on her house. We didn't have enough budget to pay for a house ourselves, and now we have a house for ourselves. Her husband is there. He's a nice man. He's 80 now, so we're helping him. He needs help. And the Lord put all together so we can help him while we do the work of the ministry. So, again, we didn't see this coming, but the Lord made it possible. So, as I told you, we're going through the... Um, well, I didn't tell you that, but I'm going to tell you now. We're going uh, through the Gospel of Matthew every weekend, but we're doing fundamentals of the faith as well during the week. The only problem is we can rent the place only for Sunday morning, so we're still using Zoom for the rest 
of our activities. I don't like it. I don't like it, but it's the only way we can do something in order to train our people. And we're developing these relationships, and, and we're about to officialize their membership. So there are like 20 people who will become members in a few weeks. They've gone through the whole Fundamentals of the Faith. They've gone through several studies that I've done on uh, key issues as an emphasis for our church. And there are three, no, it's four now, four people who want to be baptized. So we're looking for a place to do that. And we'll find it, Lord willing. So we're still praying for an accessible place where people can gather together, not only on Sunday morning, but the rest of the week. We can use that place in order to evangelize the lost because it's crazy for them to see a, a church and an open church as well, willing to talk and, and, and to share what the Lord has done through Jesus Christ. So please pray, pray for that. It has to be accessible, but it has to be affordable. That's part of the problem as well. Anyways, the Lord is so gracious, and we are so thankful for what he's doing. And before we play the video, I want you to talk about the Berea Seminary as well. It's been a blessing for me to serve as a professor, mainly on the theological area of teaching. And every semester I have the privilege of teaching several classes in León. We travel there for a whole weekend. We teach the classes and then we do like a follow-up to the students. We have more than 50 churches represented at the seminary. People from all over the country, even from France and from Germany. There are some guys traveling every time to meet us. And last summer I was appointed as a director of a new extension in the Canary Islands. People say, oh, I would rather go to the Canary Islands better than the Iberian Peninsula because of the weather and all of that. But um, this is a new program. It's a one-year program. So we meet during five intensive weekends. And after each of them, the students deal with the homework and all of that. And we give feedback to them from home. And it's been a blessing. 26 students are part of that. And uh, the, the idea is that the pastors and the grads from the seminary would get help from their church members we are, who, who are not able to attend seminary, but they want to be trained, and they want to serve better, and they want to use their gifts well. So we're providing this program, and the idea is to move it around the country. As if it's only one year, we can do it in several locations, only one year each. And the good thing about it is that I'm teaching David Robles, David Robles is teaching as well, but the rest of our professors are grads from the seminary. So it's part of the plan, including them to be part of our team because they are able to do it, they are good, they've been trained, and they want to serve. So it is a blessing to be like a second generation of professors trained in Spain and able to teach these classes. So let's praise the Lord for that. Uh, I need to talk about family before I close and you see the video. But we're doing great. As, as I told you, we moved into my in-law's house. Olga is doing great. 
she loves you, even though she doesn't know you, most of you. But she's super excited that I'm here. I'm very thankful for her. She's been going through some health issues, vascular problems. She had three surgeries since last October, just when we started. It helped us to be dependent on the Lord. We didn't know how to handle it, but the Lord is good. And he has three more coming. So they are going to wait until summer in order to do that. She needs a little rest after the whole thing. And you'll see our kids now on the video. So I just tell you that they are a joy and we pray for their salvation. It is a joy to see how they learn Bible verses. And I know they don't want to go to sleep and it's an excuse, but every night they tell us, let me say the Bible verses before we go to sleep. Okay, well, anyways, they are learning the word. And I'm very thankful for Olga because she's very <laughs> straight with that. And, and they're learning. Sometimes they say, well, memory is part of the past. And I say, no, I, I, I see my kids and they know they can learn. We should learn as well. Well, thank you so much. It's been a blessing to be with you. And uh, as I said before, I have some cards. I know you have them now. But please pray for us, not because we feel like we deserve it. It's because we need it. I'm going to tell you something before I close. When I came to Los Angeles, I used to play guitar at church. I wasn't that good. But now that I came here, well, by then when I came here and I, I started using my tie, I thought I would never play the guitar again. Well, I'm leading the worship every Sunday. The, the first time, my, my fingers hurt a lot after 10 years without holding a guitar. But now I'm getting used to it. So we're doing anything that we have to do in order to bring the word, preach the gospel. And we are not that good, but the Lord is powerful. So please pray for us that every single effort will work for him to advance his kingdom for his glory. Thank you. I'll leave you with the video.